Welcome, my fellow ghouls, to The Night Shift, a horror review show celebrating and critiquing terrors both old and new, while featuring the opinions of me, your host and horror cheerleader, Kyle Stook, along with my pool of guests, a blend of gorehounds, snobs, newcomers, and scaredy cats alike. Speaking of scaredy cats, tonight I am joined by my friend, Leah Johnson. Yes. Leah, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm not even scared yet. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Um, Last time we were on here together, we discussed what? Do you remember? How I had too many drinks. No, I was talking about the the film that we discussed. Oh, right, 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 right. Um... Oh my god, what movie was it? It was the one with the bugs plants. But yes. <laughs> the bugs plants. What was the title? Do Boring you... <laughs> sci-fi scary movie. Boring Invasion. sci-fi scary yeah. movie. <laughs> Invasion yeah. of what? The Body Snatchers. Yay! Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Good job. Very good. Sorry, yeah. Really had to word associate that yeah, one. No worries. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is what we were discussing. Yes. Yeah. And now we are back with another horror classic. Uh, We are talking about Carrie today, and before we get too far into everything, I want to give my own origin story with Carrie. But before we do Mm. that, Leah, you, I mean, you might have more, but I want to hear what you knew about Carrie before recording, but I also uh think that i know the answer but if there's anything else besides that yeah. specific thing let please tell us but tell us the tale leah what did you know about carrie before watching this flick yeah so i'm sure that people are used to this by now but i did not know much about this flick um which is why you have me on yes um but i did know a little bit about this movie because i had watched the riverdale episode mm-hmm. where <laughs> they did carry the musical um which was a terrible reference for the movie, but um, I did make Kyle watch it, um, and he loved it, guys. He loved it was it. so bad. No, it was really bad, um, <laughs> but I definitely got, like, the... I knew it was a high school-related movie, mm-hmm. and I knew it was, like, a covered-in-blood situation, but I did, that's <laughs> yeah. really all I knew. Um, so, yeah, I really didn't know much, and I knew it was yeah. iconic, you know? Yeah, very nice. Well, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was funny, because when Leah texted me, Sorry, when I texted her and I was like, yo, this is uh, what you're watching. Immediately, Leo was like, oh, it's a musical, right? And I went, no, absolutely not. (laughs) But in Leo's defense, there is an interesting history here. So Mm. normally we kind of get into the history, writers, directors, all that stuff after the fact. But we're going to do a quick little peeksy because it ties in. So, Leah, um, this movie, Carrie, that we're talking about was written by a man named Lawrence D. Cohen. We'll talk about him more later. But Carrie has been adapted multiple times. And there's a 2013 version with Chloe Grace Moretz. And Mm. he came back and he wrote that one as well. But he wasn't alone, Leah. He wrote it um, alongside Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Does that name mean anything to you? I might be wrong here. Is he the director of another movie we've watched together? No. Okay, well, then I don't know who he is. <laughs> he is I the don't... creator of Riverdale. What? 
And no. yes, and Lawrence also wrote the musical to Carrie oh my alongside God. other people because obviously he's not a composer and he didn't write the lyrics and stuff. But yeah. him and this other guy, apologies, I don't remember the guy's name, they went and saw a musical together and they went, wow, that was crazy. I didn't know you could do that. And so they turned to each other and they're like, what if Carrie was a musical? (laughs) (laughs) Which, what a weird movie to make into a musical. I'm just going to say it. Yes, agreed. (laughs) But the idea stuck with them. And so anyway, seeing that Lawrence and Roberto teamed up for the 2013 Carrie shows me that A, Lawrence already had the love for working with Roberto. Roberto Mm -hmm. already had the love for Carrie. And then Lawrence was like, yo, going to go make Carrie into a musical, LOL. And Roberto said, hey, I'm going to go make this teen CW show that has lots of love for horror. LOL, we're friends. Let's do Carrie. So all to say, as much as when I saw your text and I was like, oh, Leah, you silly goose. (laughs) Carrie's not a musical. (laughs) You weren't far off because it actually, I mean, the version we're talking about isn't, but Mm -hmm. there is one out there. And I didn't know that. And because of this show and because of our friendship, you ended up teaching me something that I might have never known. Because as I told you, as soon as I found out, I was like, well, I have to listen to Carrie the musical put that shit on and halfway through i was like um i'm sad this <laughs> am i this crying is, am yeah. I, is carrie the musical making papa cry yeah. is does papa love this answer is yes papa yes. kind of loves it may, may have grabbed a couple songs put them mm. in the musical playlist yes. um the riverdale not so much that was kind of bad listen it was <laughs> tough to watch it was tough to watch and yeah I watched like three seasons of Riverdale back in a tough time when I was younger. So don't judge me too harshly, but it was pretty funny to watch today. Just out of context. Kyle's first episode. Yes, it was my first episode. It's also my last. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I definitely like we've all there's a season um, where I watched some trash TV with our fellow Night Shift alumni, uh, Mick Silvers. Yes. Him and me would watch some terrible garbage together. We for a while um, binged Teen Wolf. Okay. The the new Teen Wolf. Um, We watched the show called Evil. Um, that was just it's still going it's very melodramatic and and crazy and we would just watch we would use the um like it was an app that you could you know install or like a chrome extension so you could watch netflix at the same time with someone else yeah um and so we would watch the show together and we would just cackle from how insane what was going on Yeah. yeah just how dumb it was so all to say, I don't judge people who watch stuff like Riverdale mm-hmm. because it's like there, like there was um, also um, uh, a psycho show that was about Norman Bates as a teenager. Uh, it showed kind of how him and his mom, yeah. like started out. I remember that because Freddie Highmore is an interesting person. And that show seemed like it was like a mother and son are in loved kind of show. Yes, very much so. Very spicy. Um, and Mick and me watched that as well. And it was so, it was exactly like Riverdale. It's like everyone's sleeping with everybody. Yeah. Uh, there's an evil, like, corporate type person. And, and also, it's, it's prom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, like, we care about school. It's cheer tryouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, watching Riverdale, I definitely felt at home in terms <laughs> yeah. of, like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. But it was bad. And the reason it was bad, so the bad. thing that annoyed me about it was, like, if you're going to do a musical, like, have 
it be a feel of like a full musical. Don't mm-hmm. just show us them singing the songs on stage. That was boring as hell. I yeah. thought like I thought that it was going to be like, OK, it's the Archie setting and characters. But like if this song's at a house, they're in a house. If this song right. at the school, they're walking through the hallways. But it's really just them on the stage being like, yeah. here's the musical, some <laughs> of it and not yeah. as good as the actual musical. Yeah. No, that literally is what it is. And there's a few times where it's, you know, like everybody's getting ready and it's a little montage, but it always lasts like 30 seconds. Like it's yeah. like Betty sings a little bit. Ronnie sings a little bit. Archie sings a little bit. We cut to class. Yeah. It was like, what? What? <laughs> like that felt like a lot of work for absolutely no payoff. Yeah. And there, but I am thankful because there was insane things that happened that I just was like, I'll remember that till the day I die. <laughs> Someone was like, oh, yeah, I was just talking to Junkyard Steve. And I was yeah. like, what the hell? Junkyard Steve? Who's yeah. that? And what did uh, Cheryl's mom was like, nightmare child. Yeah. What do you want from me? Yeah. A girl is berating her mother and the mother's like, oh, nightmare child. <laughs> Slay your tongue. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, I did not. I did not like it. Y'all should watch it. No. <laughs> Listen here, audience. I try not to tell you how to live your life, but stay away. Unless, again, similar to the Mick and Me situation, you're looking for some hot garbage to enjoy amongst friends. I got nothing against mm-hmm. that. And if the Riverdale cast happens to be here for some odd reason, I stand by everything I say, but no ill will towards you. Yeah. Do you have any um, guilty pleasure shows now or comics or, you know, podcasts, you know, any sort of media? Um, not really. I'm trying to think. I like now with like the the limit of time, I really just engage with stuff that's like like that I think is going to be really really good. Right. I definitely have like throwaway things in the sense that like I'll throw Seinfeld on mm-hmm. while I do work or whatever, but it's like Seinfeld's really good. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to like pay attention to it necessarily and I've seen it before. So there's nothing I necessarily watched where I'm like Oh, I know this is bad, but I like it. I guess, you know what? Uh, the answer I do have is I have guilty pleasures music. Mm. I don't really have guilty pleasure movies or television. You mean the Glee soundtrack? Um, I remember one time, I uh-huh. think it was on Humming Fools, you confessed to like lo- like enjoying the Glee soundtracks. Yes. And I was like, man, Kyle really said that. Yes. No, <laughs> On a it, thing that's going to last forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought I'm glad you reminded me. It was really brave of you, honestly. I'm a brave guy. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Glee is the true horror. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes. I have a really, and, and Glee is a great example um, because I have a great memory of it, which is like, I remember visiting the U.S. for some reason. I think it was like a Thanksgiving or something when we lived in Ecuador. And uh, my sister Lauren was watching it. And so there was a time when everyone else went to bed. We were sharing a room and she was like, hey, let's I'm going to show you the show that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And similar to the mix situation, like we put it on and we were just like cackling at how dumb it was. But at the same time, like Glee, fortunately, actually like, you know, it, it, like I stopped watching because it got too cringe. Mm-hmm. But at least those first like two seasons, which again is all I saw, they at least they actually like produced the hell out of the songs that they did to where yeah. I understand people hating covers and especially like really clean, poppy, just like auto-tuned the hell, processed <laughs> the hell, like no, no flaws whatsoever in the recording and very manufactured. But they had some good stuff and I really enjoyed watching it with my sister and then well, once I went back to Ecuador, and it was just my mom, dad, and me. My mom and I would watch it together, and it was, again, pleasant of just, like, 
wow, this drama is so dumb. Yeah. But some of these songs are actually kind of good. Um, so, yeah, I can't, again, just like maybe someone feels about Riverdale or someone feels about Teen Wolf or any of these types of shows, I wouldn't defend it as good. Mm-hmm. But it also has one of my favorite jokes of all time, which is uh, one of the cheerleader characters um, saying that um, dolphins are just gay sharks. And I think about that uh, every day. <laughs> <Just all> the- <laughs> <laughs> That's so, um, funny. so yes no glee, glee was definitely a guilty pleasure show mm-hmm. did not tell any of my friends about that during the time when i watched it which yeah. was in high school but um, we really grew up in the glee era i think yes. we were like perfect aged like we were teenagers right when it was coming out we were primed for it yeah but anyway do you have any um guilty pleasures or i mean this was an episode of humming fools i think noemi talked about specifically mm-hmm. our guilty pleasures so that must have been where the glee thing came up but is there any um like we didn't use the word guilty pleasures what did you say um i think i did you did yeah, okay yeah. uh apologies uh but yeah is there is there stuff like that that you're just trash stuff that you enjoy watching for funsies my favorite guilty pleasure show is because I try to keep things pretty light in the stuff that I watch mm-hmm. is and social work things can get a little dark. Yeah. And so most of the time I'm just like looking for stupid spoofs and goofs. So I do love like a Love Island moment. Oh, uh, what? Love Island. What the hell is Love Island? You don't Island? know Love Island? <sighs> Dude, no, are you bro. kidding me? Is it like The Bachelor? Better. Ugh. It's better. God. Okay, we'll talk about it later. This is a whole separate thing. Love Island rocks. Guess what? Actually, you have to know this. Well, I was going to say, yeah, give me the premise. I so, asked the question, so. Hot girls. Hot guys. Okay. They show up on an island I'm for love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they're in the villa. Um, <laughs> because... Say the villa one more time. <laughs> the villa. Nice. So there's like a UK one, an Australia one, a US one. The US one is just stupid because Americans are trash. <laughs> the UK one, it's like people are still stupid, but they're like actually looking for love more. Gotcha. Here's the deal. They get to hang out with each other every day, all day. They're like all living together. So, so it's like as Big Brother kind of. I guess. I haven't seen Big Brother. But okay. with The Bachelor, it's like you know that they've spent like 30 minutes with the person they're getting engaged to total because <laughs> they're like corralled in a house without <laughs> them. You know, and it's like, what? Yeah. It's just so unbelievable. And mm-hmm. The Bachelor, Bachelorette, by the time it's airing, you know that it's already happened. But Love Island um, airs in real time. So mm-hmm. you, the audience member, get to vote people off the island or for the best couples things like that and Mm -hmm. you get to like watch it happening in real life essentially so they must have an and there's an episode every day oh my god (laughs) Jesus! i know imagine like working on this show there's like 60 episodes a season oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and every day there's a new episode um i guess minus weekends and i think that thursdays they do like a live show something i don't know i don't watch it but there's essentially like four 40 minute episodes a week so it's like the content's just coming this in. Is, oh my god! It's you're just watching, like a live stream. Yeah, <laughs> wow. you're like just like watching extended clips of the girls like curling their hair. You know, just things that are like <laughs> they're just. Do it show people going to the bathroom? I mean, like no, okay. unless it's a sexy shower scene. Cool. Um, but what I will say is that on Love Island, people uh, stay coupled way more than they do that's in, nice um, the bachelor or bachelorette so okay love island but my og number one guilty pleasure pleasure show is real housewives of salt lake city <laughs> so specific <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i've never watched a real housewives show but i love religion and by okay. that i mean i hate it but i just think it's so fascinating i yeah. really think it's so fascinating like learning about religious structures and mormonism especially because um 
that's just something that I really love. Mormons are like so serious about their faith. And when I watch Mormon content, it makes me feel how I used to feel. Like I, yeah. I had that level of seriousness and my faith as an evangelical. Mm-hmm. And so I really love Mormon content. And so it's so fun because it's Real Housewives drama. It's just like old women, big tits, bad moms. <laughs> like, you know, like you didn't invite me to the luncheon, blah, blah, blah. But then also it's like, with this undercurrent of religious religiosity. Mm-hmm. There's like a few Mormons. There's an ex-Mormon. There's an atheist. There's um, a Muslim. There's a few different like people. So it's interesting. So it's like housewives drama, but with like religious undertones. So gotcha. Love it. Two reactions. Yeah. First off, um, have you heard of the show under the banner of heaven? Okay. Yes, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I think that uh, you would enjoy it based on what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I felt, very similarly watching it where yeah. it's like it resonated a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's again, a different, uh, faith, but mm-hmm. second, um, Carly, I know that you're in charge of a lot and we ask a lot of you, but now I'm telling you that I would love for the night shift merch there to be a shirt that just has Leah's face. And then the quote is, I really love Mormon content. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the night shift. Yeah. So Carly, I know you're not in charge of that and it's night responsibility, but make it happen. Oh my God. Did she just get promoted? Sure. Live on the recording. That's right. She's now a manager of your merch too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. She can be in charge of whatever she wants to be. She can have as much power as she wants. Perfect. Uh, if she could say, if she's like, Kyle, the show's canceled. I'd be like, okay, Carly, you're the boss. <laughs> um, let us move on to uh, what we're here to talk about today. Which <laughs> yeah, is so Carly. sorry. No, no, no. Again, I, I, I asked, I was interested and this is uh, all, this was part of the discussion, baby. Yeah. Um, to give my quick backstory with Carrie, as we continue to do, um, you know, this deep dive into classic horror, again, I am so appreciative because I start to make connections and unlock memories from my past and realize oh um, just how essential my mom was in my horror journey, which would horrify her. It sh- uh, I mean, I'm so shocked yeah. about that. But that's so sweet. Yes. Yeah. Well, she went, as we've discussed, she went hard when she was a teenager and right. I'm very jealous. Like she saw the original Halloween in theaters and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. The thing I realized, my first exposure to Carrie was there was this television show called Ed. Um, I think it was on NBC. I don't remember a lot about it, but they had an episode that kind of spoofed Carrie with pig's blood being dumped on someone. And I remember either asking her about it because I had watched it with them or maybe she was just telling me about it. And she basically was like, oh, it's a reference to this old movie And then she described the plot of Carrie. And I remember being like, wow, that's so... I just found it so interesting. Like I did with a lot of horror stuff I'd, you know, discover. I think I've talked on here before about the first time finding, like, the VHS tape for Silence of the Lambs and just the Mm -hmm. cover and hearing what it was about. I was like, wow, like, that is bringing up something in me. But then again, immediately it's like the box is shut. So it's like Kyle gets a little peek and it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you about it. But no. Yeah. No more. And so anyway, fl- uh, flash forward to um, we're on furlough or something in the United States. We're staying at the mission headquarters. And a lot of times I was left to my own devices. It was like, hey, we're going to go do missionary stuff. We got meetings, whatever. You hang out and watch TV or whatever. And so there was this break room in the headquarters, in like the living quarters where people could stay. It's kind of like a big 
hotel if people are having trouble imagining it. But anyway, I was on the second floor. They have this living room. It's got TV games and stuff for the kids. So I'm the only one there. And so I'm flipping through the TV channels and I come across a woman covered in blood and uh, a friend. I just have these memories of little flashes of the Carrie story. And I went, I remember as a kid going, oh, this is that thing Mm -hmm. that my mom was talking about. And I went, oh, and I was saddened because I immediately realized I shouldn't be watching this. Mm -hmm. But I was like, Oh, but I've never yeah. gotten the. I have never been so close before. It's like truly, like the thing you wanted most was right at your fingertips. Yes, yeah. And so I remember, like, I like kind of kept watching it, but then I heard the footsteps. I was like, oh, oh, change, change, change. <laughs> and it's like, what are you watching? It's like, oh, SpongeBob. Don't worry about it. Um. Anyway, what I realized though in this deep dive memory is watching the movie Carrie, which we watched together for the first time. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen it before. Was that. Carrie, the one that we watched, was not what I had saw. Interesting. Sorry, seeing. Bad grammar. That's the true horror. Um, <laughs> what I had seen was the 2002 TV version of Carrie. And that was something that I learned. There's a lot of versions of Carrie out yeah. there. We've got the one that we're talking about today. There was a sequel um, that only had, I think, one actor from the original. Is Jason that- in it? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Wah. I know. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Boo. Is Jason going to space? <laughs> I don't we'll want to watch there, girl. Yeah. Um, We're going to have to talk about some more uh, Friday the 13th with yeah. Halloween coming up. <gasps> um, I know. I know. Planting seeds. <laughs> Horror seeds. Yes. Just like Invasion of the... Body Snatchers. Good job. <laughs> Testing that goldfish memory. Um, but... um. Yeah, anyway, there's a yeah, there is a 2002 version, there's a 2013, there's a musical, there's all sorts of yeah. stuff. At the end of the day, Carrie is just iconic. It has mm-hmm. influenced so much of pop culture watching it. I was like, "Oh, wow, like I'm seeing other movies get stuff from this." Mm-hmm. And even most recently, I don't know if this is true, a horror movie came out called X starring Mia Goth. And watching Carrie, watching uh, Sissy SpaceX performance, I was like, there's something super familiar about this. And I realized, I was like, oh, Mia Goth is like totally, I would bet like 15 bucks because I'm not rich. I'm not going to bet a lot. I'm going to bet 15 bucks that Mia Goth is channeling some Sissy SpaceX and her ex performance, which again is just really cool. It's just cool to always see what has influenced horror of the future and the present um and even if like you don't love something just to have that understanding of like oh here's history and now i know and i know now because of you leah so thanks for uh, oh oh uh, my mind's being controlled (laughs) 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 what and who and how do we stop it (laughs) um audience that moaning and groaning and all those sounds will make more sense later um Leah, can you tell us what the basic plot of Carrie is? Absolutely. Thank you. So. <sighs> can you do it faster? No, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> well, the reason I'm not um, talking quickly is because I just was thinking about how it's so cool how in your life that you lived the life that you did. And I just feel like these glimpses of horror in your life 
where like these moments where like Kyle's true nature got to shine through and it almost like pulled out to you like a like a calling or something. You yeah. Know? Like scary things. And I just think it's so beautiful to hear. And I'm so happy for you now Aww. that you get to uh, like make a career out of something you care about so much and didn't have access to and now can create access for yourself and others. I love that. Let's sit so, in that for a second. Yeah, I just am so happy Thanks, for friend. you. Thanks, yeah. friend. You're so nice. And I, I don't just, deserve you. It really feels like like when you share stories like that, it mm-hmm. feels like something was calling to young Kyle from the TV. You know, like it's like like who looks at a the cover of a VHS and is like, that changed me forever. You know, yeah. you, you. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, happy for you. Thanks, friend. Yeah. I appreciate the, the love and uh, affirmation and the it's. Uh, 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 <laughs> no. Carl, more glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, after a quick affirmation, um, the plot of Carrie is there's a girl named Carrie, <laughs> and it's about her. Um, she lives in like a. I kind of feel like she lived in a church, but I don't know if that's true. Her mom is like some sort of like parishioner or like the head of a church or some sort of. Yeah, just Very like a crazy person. religious zealot. Oh, yeah, a religious zealot. Maybe that's the best way to put it. And um, Carrie essentially has grown up in this highly religious household that is abusive. Yes. Um, content warning, honestly, for this episode, straight up abuse, physical violence. Slapping. Yeah, physical <laughs> violence, gore, death. You get it. Anyways, um, so Carrie... Yeah, I guess is she's in high school. Um, she has never heard about her period before, and she gets her period, and is just horrified. And um, when she gets her period, it's kind of this bullying situation where a group of girls like are just bullying her essentially. And yeah. so um, through that situation, uh, one girl feels bad about it, and mm-hmm. one f- girl feels even more amped up by it yeah (laughs) it's like carrie sucks and i hate this and so um yeah i feel bad about it girl with the curly hair um she kind of tries to be nice to carrie gets her boyfriend to ask carrie to prom tries to kind of give her like like come on give carrie a normal experience Mm -hmm. um and then the mean girl is like fuck carrie (laughs) i'm going to make my boyfriend hmm this is yeah. spoiler territory. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I'm going to do something bad. Yeah. I'm going to do something bad. Um, also, is it a spoiler to talk about her powers? No. Okay, so also in the midst of this, Carrie is, um, I'm assuming, kind of tied to her puberty. You know, yeah. it's like starting her period. She kind of finds out that she has telekinetic powers telekinetic powers Mm -hmm. and so obviously because she lives in a normal world that's not normal but then she also comes from this like interesting religious household so she's kind of doing her own research um and kind of exploring her new telekinetic powers that she has wonderful yeah um very very tasty very true that is carrie and we're gonna dive in baby uh leah and me are gonna telekinetically sync up and we are going to discuss this film. But before we do that, you know, um, I just would love to know what a period is. Kyle, please.
<laughs> all right we're back and we are talking about carrie Periods. this is uh <laughs> this is a 1976 film it was directed by brian del palma he is known for doing a lot of suspense crime and psychological thrillers um, some of his more famous movies are scarface uh, he did the first mission impossible and he's he also again he did a lot of like thrillers, but one that's very famous is Dress to Kill, which stars um, Nancy Allen, who's in this movie. Uh, Dress to Kill does not star John Travolta, <laughs> but good yeah. guess. Um, he was in this movie, which he was, was weird, correct? But also was good casting. I don't know. And it was his first movie, <gasps> which is a fun fact. Oh my god! I know. We'll get there. Yes. Um, as previously established, this was uh, this film was written by Lawrence uh, D. Cohen, uh, or Cohen. I don't know how to say his name. As this is per usual, I don't know how to pronounce shit. Anyway, um, Lawrence also wrote um, Ghost Story, the adaptation again also of a book by Peter Straub, and he also wrote the famous It miniseries um, wow. that uh, introduced so many people to the evil clown Pennywise. That and that. <laughs> That uh, that hurt my childhood. That that Tim Curry as the clown freaked me out. I would just, which we'll get to it someday. You know what? <laughs> we should probably have. We should probably watch the miniseries together. I don't it's, know. That's so scary. It's pretty. I mean, it's. I mean, I think it's kind of janky now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, have we talked about how my nightmare movie from childhood was The Mask Two. Uh no. Have we but, talked about that? No. When the dog. That's the movie where like the mask gets on the dog named yes. Otis and. I like must have seen the commercial like in a blockbuster or something and it like scared the shit out of me. It was like actually my worst nightmare at that time and still the name Otis I'm like ugh. ugh. Terrible name. Yeah. Um, sorry to the Otises out there. Dogs sorry, are Otises. fine. But what the hell? <laughs> yeah, the mask too is like just um so like it's just cursed. <laughs> yes. It's just a cursed movie. Like yes. it just does everything wrong. Yeah. And it's like weird and it's not funny. And yeah, it's just a bad movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's called Son of the Mask. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. <laughs> the, I don't think so. I can't get too deep into it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Let's get past. All to say, I remember walking through Walmart once on a furlough in the states and just seeing the it miniseries cover with the clown gripping the edges of like the uh the vhs cover and i just like would like run away like yeah. i wouldn't even or i would like if i was if i was feeling brave uh i would grab the vhs and turn around <gasps> and then i could feel peace but that that clown scared me yeah. um and it was very healing watching it later as a high schooler and realizing that it was silly and mm -hmm. i felt fear no longer anyway Written by Lawrence uh, D. Cohen. Again, he did a lot of Stephen King adaptations. He also wrote the 2013 Carrie as well, which I find very interesting because it's like, why did you want to make the same movie again? <laughs> so um, interesting. And then um, this was a fun fact that I thought you knew, but you didn't. But Carrie is based on a novel by Stephen King. Yeah, I did not um, know that. And I believe it's his first novel. No. I feel like I should know that. Really? But it definitely was the first novel of his to be adapted into a movie okay. i know that for sure um leah mentioned this but in terms of the cast this was john travolta's first movie 
Um, it stars Sissy Spacek as the title lead. Also, fun fact, I told you I started reading the book today. Mm-hmm. Um, she narrates the audio book <gasps> version on Audible. I and I was like, um, yes, download, yeah. please. So special. Love Sissy Spacek. Yeah. Um, this also stars Piper Laurie as um, Carrie's mom. And this was fun for me because um, Piper is from Twin Peaks, which I absolutely love. And she, I guess, came out of retirement for this. And guess what, Leah? What? She, along with Sissy Spacek, were nominated for Oscars based on their performances. Wow. Which almost never happens. Like, people are hardly ever nominated for Oscars for horror movies. Interesting. I mean, I get it. Yeah. They deserved it. They both did a really yeah. good job. Um, this film also stars Nancy Allen, who we mentioned before. She, I incorrectly told you, Leah, that she was in Friday the 13th. That was false. She, I recognized her from RoboCop, and she was in the aforementioned Dressed to Kill. Mm-hmm. I think she also married the director. Um, I don't think they're still married. Um, and then also, um, this film stars uh, Eddie McClurg, who I recognize from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She plays Tommy. the... Um, uh no this is the lady she uh with the huge glasses she looked like she didn't belong (laughs) she plays um the like secretary in ferris bueller's day off and um this was her first movie which is also fun but um some other just quick fun facts quentin tarantino says this is one of his favorite movies ever which i just find very interesting because quentin tarantino doesn't make horror movies and Mm -hmm. i'm like i want him to you know some could say his films are horrific because of how much blood they have what are his movies um pulp fiction inglorious bastards kill bill um uh hateful a django unchained cool have you seen any of them no (laughs) (laughs) but i've obviously i've heard of quentin tarantino yes but i'm i guess we're gonna have to start a a quentin tarantino podcast no that's okay (laughs) um Let's see what else. Um, okay, this was something that cracked me up, which I was like, "Oh, Leah, me called this." <laughs> I guess a lot of cast members were confused as to what the tone of this movie was, <laughs> <laughs> because some of them thought it was a comedy, <laughs> and I was like, "That makes so much yes. sense." Yeah, that does. Because there, the the bully character in this, again played by um, Nancy Allen, is just so over the top and how mean she is <laughs> she's just like classic mean girl with no backstory yeah she's always like smacking gum and being like hey big boy i want to fuck you yeah. know and it's like what yeah <laughs> like, yeah happening? and so she she read the script and she's like oh this is a comedy because this is stupid That's and the director so was like no this is serious this and she serious. went uh... and then while she was doing her scene she was having a great time because she mm-hmm. thought her and john travolta were the co- comedic relief and then, when, <laughs> and then when she watched the movie, she was like, oh, my God, I'm a bitch. <laughs> Wait, that is hilarious. Very funny. Oh, my God. Um, That's but, the comedic really. But, yeah, I guess a, a, I guess a couple other cast members were like, um, I think that this is kind of silly. And mm-hmm. they're like, no, it's not silly. Um, it's very serious. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was that um, Sissy Spacek got really into the role in terms of her preparation. And so she um, isolated herself during the filming from everyone else. And she just was like, hey, it's nothing against you guys, but I'm going to stay away and I'm going to be weird. And then after the movie, we'll party. But for now, Mama needs to keep to herself. And then she um, decorated her dressing room with tons of religious 
symbolism and stuff. Mm. And then she also studied the body language of people being stoned for their sins and I guess apparently started or ended every scene in one of those positions. I You can totally see that, I think. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense because I think that... Yeah, people who feel a lot of shame carry it in their bodies and hunch mm-hmm. and fear and, you know, those sorts of things. Those all really show up in our bodies. And and I think it helped because you could tell that she's been conditioned like this her whole life. You know, yes. like it really, like, shout out to her. Yeah. It's Sissy's baby. Yeah. No. Sissy Spacek. Also, what I appreciate about her is that she was like, Whenever Carrie's supposed to be on screen, I'm on screen. I don't want no body double nonsense. And so there were mm. scenes where it's like, they're like, all right, we're just going to do hands for this so you can leave. And she's like, no, it's my hands. <laughs> and like, we're just going to watch the feet going up the stairs. She's like, my feet. <laughs> and so at the end, I won't spoil what the sequence is, but there's a sequence featuring Carrie's hand. And they're like, we'll just do someone else. And she went, no, it'll be me. And it's like a really like long wow. involved process. Yeah. And I respected that because yeah, I could cool. see other actors being like, oh, that's boring. You don't see my face and it's a lot of work. So I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But Sissy Spacek was like, um, it's my character. I'm going to be on screen. Let's yeah. do it. And the director was like, huh, OK. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, very cool. Anyway, let's there's some other fun facts, but let's I, I'm tired of the fun Too facts. Many. I want to get to feelings enough with yeah. facts let's go to emotion yes. leah what did you oh sorry let me go backwards really it. quick we gotta rate this baby uh, yeah do you want to guess or be guessed <laughs> i like you guess me first okay again i don't know what to do with you because <laughs> you freaking gave friday the 13th an a plus plus and then you give movies that i love lower ratings so i'm like i don't know where this woman is on this on the <laughs> yeah. spectrum of stuff All so i'm gonna get <laughs> So I'm going to guess um, C minus. Wow. I don't know. I, I hate I hate that your eyes are saying, I'm like, know. is this going to be A plus plus plus? No. Goodness gracious. No, I would never do that, Kyle. Please. Okay. You're like, it's not a Friday the 13th movie. It's no. not possible. Uh, what do you think I gave it? I think that you gave it an A. Okay. Interesting, Shadi. All right. Well, let's get to the positives then. Uh, what did you like about this movie, Leah? I really enjoyed this movie. I At the beginning, I was like, what the hell? But I really like sunk into it. I think the thing I loved most about this movie was the themes of yeah. religion, femininity, the inherent brutality and goriness of religion. It's mm. like, Carrie, you need to be this perfect, you know, like little blameless girl, whatever. And then like, her mom is like, like religion's just so gory and we don't talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like all about like sacrifice, you know, impregnation, yeah. you know, and it's just Lots like so blood. intense, so much blood. And, you know, I really enjoyed that. I also enjoyed just like to me, I think the movie was a lot about the brutality of womanhood yeah. in general. And like, um, yeah, honestly, it was a relatable movie. It really was Yeah. <laughs> um, in that way. Like I just enjoyed how always like tied to her period and her blood and kind of like puberty and emotions and like uh, especially the idea of like if someone isn't given the proper spaces to thrive or be supported, what happens? Yes. You know, we were kind of talking about like Fantastic Beasts. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezra Miller's character um, makes me even think of like Eleven a little bit, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a crazed from Stranger Things, um, you know, like just a kid who's like been raised in a 
abusive space and can only do what they can do. So I don't know. I just really, really appreciated the themes of this movie. And I was like, everybody should see this was kind of how I felt about it. Oh, damn. I know. I'm feeling even worse about my rating now. I just, yeah, I just was like, man, this is like a movie for women about women. I enjoyed that. Um, a lot. So, yeah, I think the thing that I liked the most was the themes. I loved how it just was so 80s and like how simple it was. <laughs> you know, like it's like, Chris, we don't need to know anything about her. We don't need to know anything about any of these characters except like <laughs> he drinks a beer that his friend handed to him while they were driving or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I enjoyed the simplicity of like 80s movies vibes. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed how gory it was because mm. of what I feel like is the true brutality of womanhood mm-hmm. <laughs> and femininity. Yeah. And so even how it ended, I thought it was a really, it was a great end, I thought. Okay. Um, I was very satisfied with it, even from like a religious perspective and kind of how that works. So yeah, I think it just handled all the themes. I also really loved the themes of like sensuality in the movie. Mm. So even like the first scene, you know, when she's like showering and it's like, oh, she's so young and innocent, but also she's like this sexy like person. And even the mom who's like so wound up and religious, like later, no spoilers, we'll get to this in the spoiler section, but like I loved that part, (laughs) you know, like um someone's moaning is starting to make a lot more sense right audience yeah (laughs) you know like it just was a very sensual movie but also highly opposed to sensuality so i enjoyed that let me ask you this um this Mm. was something i was specifically curious about and wanted to make sure because i always knew i was going to cover carrie and i was like okay whenever i do i need to make sure that it's with one of my night shift ladies because Mm -hmm. um this is another kind of classic case of having a film that is um, about women and about mm-hmm. specific feminine, you know, problems and or experiences. But then it's also being directed and written uh, by a man and then is being shot through the lens of a man. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know anything about the movie. And so I was really curious, like at the end, how you felt in terms of it, like capturing that experience, yeah. um, if it was accurate or not. Because something I do know is that Stephen King... Um, in terms of some of the backstory for the book, which we can talk a little bit more later because it's very interesting, very sad at the same time. But he originally was not happy with what he wrote, tossed it into the garbage can, walked into the living room, and his wife was like, what were you working on? He's like, eh, nothing. It's, it's trashed. I got tired of it. So she walked into his room, dug through the trash, picked it up, and she started reading it. And she brought it back to him, threw it in front of him, and she was like, I want to know what happens. This is good. Really? And then he was like, I don't know how to do all this high school lady stuff, though. And then she was like, I'll help you. And so she contributed to the book in terms of trying to give him, you know, specific things. And so I thought, because I know there can be trouble and or issues with stuff like that. I mean, most recently, um, Abby and me talked about um, the film Men um, that was directed by Alex Garland, which is specifically about... Um, a woman going to this small town and she just encounters all these toxic men and they all have the same face. And Mm -hmm. we had an interesting discussion about how um, it's like in a film that's so much about uh, a woman's experience, it felt a little weird and cold at times because it was 
um, being directed and written by a man. And I'm not, and I said this on the episode, but I'll just repeat it in case people haven't heard that episode. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, to tell a story about a certain person, you have to be exactly like that person. I mm-hmm. think in some cases you that should apply, but in terms of an umbrella statement, I'm like, well, I mean, to, to be artists, we're trying to capture lots of different things and mm-hmm. tell stories. And if we limit ourselves in that way, then less people can be seen uh because i would like if that rule was applied to me then i'd be like well i guess then all my stories are about straight white men named papa and i don't think anyone (laughs) wants that and so it is a it's a push and pull of collaborating and including stuff when it's appropriate but then also stepping off and leaving certain stories Mm -hmm. to other groups when it's more appropriate so long-winded way of just saying um, I think it's an interesting discussion, and because it was on my mind watching this movie, I was like, especially because it starts off in a teenage girl's locker room, uh, just filming a bunch of naked girls. I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder how they will feel about this. Um, and so, yeah, let, I'm going to open the floor now after that very long-winded opening. But how did you feel? Um, it sounds like positive overall, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting conversation, and I feel like part of it is Carrie related, but then also part of it is kind of this this bigger you know conversation about letting individuals tell their own stories. But for the movie Carrie specifically, I I felt really understood by this movie. And I think that's something that I liked about it and maybe why a man directing it was okay is because, you know, women, it was like we were watching Carrie get sexualized and infantilized through the male lens, Mm -hmm. which is how life is Mm. because the male lens and patriarchy impacts everything ever, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, of course, you know, it's like Carrie, the first scene in the shower is a great example. You know, it's like, why is this happening? It's because she's being sexualized. You know, Mm. like she is like this innocent little lamb who is just like, you know, a girl in the locker room running around. But then it's like, and now she's like a sexual goddess that's like rubbing her body and it's crazy. (laughs) And oh my God, you know, like, and it, it just makes sense to me because that is what men want. It feels like women to be. And so, and I think that with the themes of, femininity and i don't know i think it it worked for me in this setting and i think that carrie feels like a victim of her circumstance in this film but i think Mm -hmm. that the the directors or you know things like that are part of the circumstance um which is just kind of interesting so yeah um yeah i don't know i think you know, with movies like Carrie, like, I'm not like, I wish that that one back in the old day had been directed by a woman. I think my question more so would be like, ooh, what did we miss out on by, you know, that story being told by who it was told by? But I don't know. I think for this movie, I appreciated it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In case there is any confusion, again, to go back to what I was saying, like, I don't think that, um, you know, like a male director couldn't have a female lead mm-hmm. like i don't think it's like oh guys can only make movies about guys and girls can only make because again then it'd be maddening if it extended right. it'd be really lame it's like girls can only make movies about girls you know mm-hmm. um but there are some of those times where it's like i feel like you don't know what you're talking about yeah. and this is a little like you think that this is what how women are or this is what they mm-hmm. do and stuff but um yeah anyway i'm glad it i'm glad it hit for you Um, So, yeah, a thought that I did have kind of related to that was I think that 
for the time this movie was made, it's cool that a movie was so centered around a female character and feminine, you know, all these themes I like am really, um, I think it's great, but I did kind of have a feeling of like, where's the progression from then to now? Cause that was a while ago, you mm-hmm. know? And so it does, it, I, it did leave me with a little bit of a sense of yearning for like, the progression or the growth, you know, where I'm like, okay, cool. That's where we started. I feel like that was a great starting place, but like, where are we now? Like what, you know, how, how have we improved this? How have we given more, you know, women opportunities to direct horror films or, you know, I don't know, just a different kind of ways of doing things. So, um, I feel like it felt a little progressive almost for when it was made and I want more. Give Leah more, and we yeah. shall. And better. Yeah. <laughs> um, very cool. Well, in terms of um, things I love, yeah, my first like? positive has to do with Leah, which is like during the first 10 minutes of the movie, Leah turned to me and she, and she said, I hope Carrie gets cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And it cracked me up. And it's funny because I feel the same way reading the book. Mm. Where I'm like, ugh, Carrie sucks. Like, I'm not advocating for her bullying in the book, but I'm like, Carrie's kind of like, kind of just like a ugh person mm-hmm. in the book. Where I'm like, I'm again, I'm not for it, but I kind of understand just an easy target because like she's just doing everything wrong, but also isn't like that nice herself. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think the movie is really helped out by a sissy SpaceX. So again, first positive, freaking sissy SpaceX, so good, incredible. Um. Just, you know, and this word gets thrown out a lot, but iconic is just true here. Like iconic. those huge doe eyes while yes. she's covered in blood in that trance. I guess the the director was shouting, open your eyes more, open them more. And Sissy Space is like, they can only go open so yeah. much. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, she did a great job and she just really adds a, there's just such a sweetness to like carry. Very angelic nature to her. Yeah, yeah. And just, but like, I like that you know that carrie isn't just like oh shucks the whole movie like yeah she quickly like like one of the most heartbreaking lines in the movie comes very early on which is when she gets home after having had her first period um and doesn't even know what it is thinks that she's dying Mm -hmm. um and she's just crying on the floor saying why didn't you tell me mama Mm -hmm. and that was so sad to me i was just like wow like how cruel can you be as a parent that you don't like the one you're like being a parent, your job is to like take care of your kids, is to love them and um, prepare them for the world. And it's like Carrie is experiencing hell on both sides of her life. Like it'd be one thing if she goes to school and she's tormented, but she comes home to a loving, safe house. And it's like, you know, it's like you could ask the question, which one's worse? Like, where is she more safe? Is it with all these savage, mean girls? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it at home with her mother who is again just like loco crazy? Wild. Um, and so like I really felt for Carrie's uh character and I really uh, there's just a lot of like nice quiet moments, like her with mm-hmm. the teacher, uh, the teacher being like, Hey, like, what's the like maybe you should go to the prom and mm-hmm. like you're pretty, like, you know, and mm-hmm. And then when they're at the prom again, the teacher would be like, yeah. isn't this fun? Aren't you having a good time? And just seeing Sissy Spacek happy, seeing Carrie happy. There's just this, there's a Shakespearean tragedy to it all where you're yeah. just like, wow, like uh, the world is just like 
so cruel to her, but then also specifically cruel to women. And if it was as kind as it is cruel, what would the world look like? And just like having that yeah. feeling of care of like, this could have gone so differently. Yeah. And that just, it just breaks your heart. And the fact that the film elicits that response yeah. all these years later is pretty powerful that I can like feel and maybe disturbs too powerful of a word, but the fact that I'm just like bummed out, mm -hmm. um, I think is, is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's cool. And I think that I, what you're talking about makes me think about how I felt like I understood, like, I'm like, yeah, like, you just started your period and then you like murder everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, it's just like, it, it makes, it's, yeah, it makes sense. I don't know. It makes, Leo's like, can, can attest that this is true. Yeah. It's just, it's wait. Really so that, that, that school that I heard about burning down that you went to, um, did you, uh, have any, I'm gonna go to the bathroom really quick. <laughs> Only uh, a few people died. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I didn't kill as many people as Carrie. Yeah. Um, this movie also features a lot of really good direction. You know, I haven't seen a lot of Brian De Palma films, um, and so I can't really talk about him as a director overall. But I can see why he's spoken about a lot um, because there were moments in this film where I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, examples. Okay. I'll give them to you since you asked, <laughs> Please. um, there's a moment it's equally impressive as it is and, and effective as it is hilarious, which is, there's a scene of, uh, Carrie and Tommy dancing and they're having a conversation and the camera's just going around oh them. Yeah. And it was, really cool because it starts off slow and the dance is slow and their conversation is like less intense and as things heat up and uh it gets more serious and all stuff the camera moves faster to eventually it's just spinning around and it was cool because it's a really long shot it is and but you you have everything you need in frame and the movement keeps it fresh and it also tells a story and i guess apparently um, doing that made everyone on set sick to where after the they finished spinning, they all collapsed on the ground and just were all yeah. dizzy and stuff, which is very funny I'm to sure. imagine. Yeah. Um, but then there's also another super long take that um, starts. Uh, it starts with Carrie um, and Tommy sitting at the table and then it moves. The camera moves to Norma collecting ballots and then it switches to her hiding the ballots, dropping them. Uh, and it transitions to the bullies under the stairs. And then it goes to the right and you see the friend come in uh, who's wanting to make sure Carrie's okay. And then it transitions up, revealing a spoiler, I won't say. And then from there, it transitions back to show Carrie and Tommy um, at the table. And it's just like, it's one super long shot. Uh, and this was before in cameras you could program like set markers for it to go. So this is all like them having to adjust the focus, make sure everything's lit well. Um, and it's just like they didn't need to go that hard. And the fact that they were just <laughs> like, let's make this scene so complicated. Pop off queen. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, is really cool. Um, and I appreciate yeah. that level because, again, it's like I <laughs> – 
I know you love Friday the 13th and I'm happy for you. Um, but there are some movies, in my opinion, like Friday the 13th, where they're just kind of like, okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is dumb. And as a self-proclaimed horror fan, I like it when someone's like, I love horror. And I'm actually going to like try to treat it like a freaking Oscar movie. Like, I'm going to go hard on this. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for, you. Thank you for respecting mm-hmm. the genre. Um, and then also, uh, this movie's unintentionally hilarious. And um, it, that is a positive because it's like <laughs> it was so fun to watch. Uh, Leah and me laughed many times. So many times. So much jank. So much uh, yeah. silly lines. Again, John Travolta. I'm like, what are you doing? Um even like the exercise montage, you remember that? Yes. And we were like, what is like our we're just in an eighties movie now, you know, yes. where it's like girls running, girls pushing up, <laughs> girls <laughs> doing jumping <laughs> jacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I there's more jank. I'll talk about it in the negatives because there's stuff that really took me out of it. But um there's there's just lots of charming like 70s 80s vibes uh present in this movie and again like anything that makes me turn to leah and just smile and then we laugh together i'm like that gets a point we had fun thank you movie Mm -hmm. um so that's it for me for positives anything else you want to say leah before we get to negative town i'm sure i could come up with specifics but i think most of my positives were very big picture okay this movie Nice. Um, well, let's take a let's take a dark religious turn and talk about negatives. What did not work about Carrie for you? I think that I mean you said it that at the beginning I just was like, my God, Carrie, please, like any like gosh, the first scene it's just so crazy. Like she gets her period and you don't know that she doesn't know what's happening yet. Yeah. Um, and so she's literally like, think she's acting like she thinks she's gonna die which makes sense because then you find out oh she thought she was dying um Uh, but like there's just nothing okay that's what that was gonna be dramatic i was gonna say there's nothing i hate more than like just a a lead that's just like help 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 she hadn't even said a word yet and she just was like like i don't think she was even saying help me she just was like and i was like girl get it together but i think that the movie maybe in positive really got me on her team like i think that this movie she was not just a bumbling stupid girl in this movie um she was like an innocent little doe but i was not my annoyance with her faded pretty quickly so yeah um negatives wow crickets Maybe none. Maybe no what? more. Honestly, what I'm trying to think of on? them. I, Tommy's smile was stupid, and that was annoying. <laughs> Let's get in the weeds here. Tommy's smile was stupid. Yeah. Okay. Actually, here's something I have a question about too. Okay. Is like, so are Tommy and her like really a thing? We were kind of discussing this briefly during the movie, where it was like, wait, so does Tommy like actually like her? Is it trying to be like, like, oh, you liked my one line of poetry in class. So I have had a crush on you this whole time. It was a little unclear. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I love, I love clarity in yeah. romance, you know? Audience, What's if going you know, on? Let us know. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, I only watched this version, but I did watch some scenes from the other mm-hmm. uh, films. Just to, I was curious how they did stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seemed like at least in the 2013 version, it seemed like the same thing where it's like, oh, I'm actually kind of into Carrie now. But it's like, but so the was the poem, did you really feel that way about the poem? Because in the film audience, like the guy writes a poem 
And then that later Carrie he says, oh, it. I didn't read that. Or he said, I didn't write that. Yeah, which I knew he didn't because <laughs> I was like, he's he smiling like yeah, an idiot. So like, stupid. haha, I'm getting away with this. Mm-hmm. Like, this teacher can't Google things yet. So, like, there's no way for mm-hmm. them to know. But um, I will say I did figure out there was a moment that we misinterpreted. And maybe you already walked back from how you felt. Mm-hmm. But in that scene, um, again, for context, audience, the teacher is reading um, Tommy's poem and then um, asks for anyone to critique it. And then being a dick, the teacher's like, Carrie, do you have an opinion? <laughs> and Carrie's like, it's beautiful. And then the guy goes, it's beautiful. That's not really a critique. And then he's like, what do you think, Tommy? And Tommy goes like, you suck. And we both got mad. Yeah. Because we thought Tommy was talking to Carrie. Yeah. Turns out, no, he was talking to the teacher. Oh. Because we in, love an advocate. That's God. right. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. God. Tommy. Do the bare minimum. Yeah. Actually, it was below the minimum, Tommy. I'm still disappointed <laughs> in you. Your smile's still dumb, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. um, because in the 2013 version, uh, it's a very similar scene. But then, like, he's like, it's very clear that he's like, you're an asshole. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then the teacher's like, what was that? And he's like, oh, I want casserole. Again, it wasn't it wasn't that, <laughs> but it was something like that. But it should have been. It should have yeah. been. They're like, Tommy, are you being fed at home, Tommy? No, I'm very hungry. Please. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Wasn't clear on that, on like what was happening with Tommy. Maybe he was yeah. just horny. Because like if you have Sissy Spacek in front of you and she's showing you those doe eyes and she's like having a good time, it'd be hard not to fall in love with her. What did they call boobs in this movie? Oh, uh, dirty pillows? Question mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dirty pillows. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe one other thing that I did not like, which this one's just a little bit more like personal vendetta. I just started my new internship for grad school. What? what? And it's at a domestic violence shelter. So I'm, I'm not going to cheer feeling... for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels I just weird. Was so, there was so much violence in this movie. Like, in just, like, a casual slap kind of way. Yeah. And I think just, like, starting that new... Like, I'm just so, like, it happens everywhere. This is how it begins. We need to, like, intervene now. You know, like, it's just, like, the, the kind of, like as I adjust to this new population that I'm working with. So I just was like, not a casual slap. Like, Chris, what is this going to look like in 10 years? You know, just things like that where I was like, this happens to me sometimes, like, in different ways where I'm just, like, end up taking things too seriously. That shouldn't yeah. be because I'm like, well, God damn it. I was studying for my test and learning about family dynamics. And yeah. then like suddenly I was like, our family dynamic is crazy. guy." You know, just yeah. things like that where I'm like, okay, calm down. So yeah. I feel like with the violence in this movie, I just was a little stressed out. Yeah. No one should slap anyone. And I'm like, were slaps like common during that time? Like, was that just kind of how movies were back then? Because there just was so much violence. Yeah. No, it's true. I've watched a lot of movies and it's like, Hey, need to calm down a woman slapper. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, wow, like there's like it really I, I'm and again, like I understand people who are like, oh, I'm so annoyed by like the modern lens being put onto like old timey stuff and, mm-hmm. and things. And I'm like, I get it. I get the the frustration. And um, I think that sometimes it's fair. <laughs> yes. But also I'm just like there are some scenes where I'm like, I don't think that I'm like being woke at all right now. I'm just seeing a scene of a dude who's supposed to be someone's lover or like. Uh, life partner like slap him in the face and i'm not talking about mm-hmm. carrie here but i was like i've just seen films where it's like the quote-unquote good guy just kind of like decks his wife mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like oh she was being hysterical i'm like you should never hit anyone no. uh and it shouldn't be reversed either of yeah. like a woman slapping a dude it's like don't hit people we don't yeah. hit we don't we use our words yeah um and i think in the movie the only time where i felt like it was 
I not enjoyed it, but it just gave good context was at home with her mom. Cause it's like, like, I think to me it was like, Oh, she is, she comes from a literally abusive household. Yes. Like she has been like religiously conditioned, like all the various things. And so that I was like, okay, there's a purpose for that. Yeah. Not just like my bitch girlfriend said something stupid. Well, I was going to say, I like John Travolta's like half slap. Cause it was like, so like casual. Yeah. Like I can't Too fully, yeah. I can't fully make contact with your face. So like yeah. my fingers will like touch the edge of your face. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, not a ton of negatives. Dang girl. Okay. Well buckle up. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, Ugh, I rated you too high. Didn't I? um yes you did mm-hmm. um for me negatives um i think first off this movie just like kind of has a lack of clarity and details in some places mm-hmm. to where it feels kind of like hollow and an example of that is like carrie's telekinesis what the hell it's like yeah. you have no idea like what is going on with that mm-hmm. it's barely explored there's one scene of her being like what the fuck is this? And mm-hmm. like getting books on telekinesis. And then that's kind of it. And I really wish there was more like her um, practicing, experimenting with it, seeing what she could and could not do mm-hmm. more research where we get more context. And, you know, in the books um, so far, again, I don't know about the whole book, but at the beginning, there's more, there's a little bit of backstory, something that was interesting. And I guess they actually planned to shoot or might have even shot for this movie, but then scrapped was um, there's an incident where Carrie's young, where a bunch of stones fall um, onto the house when she's born. And I thought that was interesting because um, there's a lot of stories associated with witches of them dropping stones on people Mm -hmm. um, and and stones falling out of supposedly clear skies Um, And it kind of being this omen. And I'm going to butcher this story, but there's a great, um, I remember listening to a lore episode on witches and there is this great historical um, uh, story of basically this woman and this guy hated this woman so much and he wanted her land. And so he did the classic thing that you did back in the day when you wanted something and you wanted to get rid of a woman. And he'd be like, oh, she's, she's a, a witch. witch. <laughs> Thankfully, at this point, you know, people were a little more tired of that. And this woman was also a badass. And so anyway, he would accuse her of being a witch. They would go to trial and she would win and prove that she's not. And they'd go back. And they did this multiple times. He kept accusing her. She kept winning, kept draining his finances. Eventually... Uh, you know, she like he just like kind of lost everything, and then at some point he was like riding a horse, and he got hit in the head by a rock, and no one knows where it came from. <laughs> <to> <laughs> they, they think it fell out of the sky, and I just am like, I don't know what happened with that, that yeah. but it's like, and I'm not advocating for murder, but at the same time, this guy was like a bad person, and so mm-hmm. I like also don't really feel bad about. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this How rock of unknown nature coming for him. But all to say, stones falling from the sky are associated with witches, women with power. And so I thought that was interesting that Stephen King, being someone who totally would have researched that shit mm-hmm. and tied it in in interesting ways, I wish that there was more stuff like that in the movie because I feel like it 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 ties to the overall themes of you know women um, having power in other ways than like you know sheer force and brutality and physical strength they they Mm -hmm. can find it in other ways and this telekinesis is a Mm -hmm. example of that and something that is very powerful and frightening even um 
And I just felt like it was kind of shallow, shallow in the movie. Yeah. Um, this movie also has a lot of weird aesthetic decisions. And so, again, there's a scene where, as Leah said, where the movie's like, hey, let's just be like a kooky comedy. <laughs> and fi- like the movie forgets about Carrie and just shows all the others, these other characters who we know nothing about getting ready for prom and they're just like doing bits where it's like oh i don't like wearing tuxedos oh you don't like wearing tuxedos oh no you should try this tuxedo and then the movie gets bored with itself and it speeds up their voices where it's like (laughs) and then but then the scene doesn't cut no and it just goes back to yeah so anyway uh what we were saying was uh you know tuxedos yeah and i'm like don't do that that's so janky don't do that um there's also this this part uh during the prom scene where it goes like split screen and i was like yeah. this is, that was interesting this is dumb to me and it's again like, come on iMovie yeah, yeah. <laughs> that transition was so solid yeah. yes and again speaking of iMovie there's another part where it's like um where it does the kaleidoscope effect and mm-hmm. again i was like uh, it just is so janky looking it's <laughs> yeah. stupid i was like don't do that those things i'm like if i made that movie that's what it would look like yeah exactly <laughs> but i didn't yeah. yes you're brian a De real Palma. director did yeah. yes exactly come on yeah. um and then the other thing that an example of that was um the sound effect um throughout the movie a lot of times associated with carrie's powers was the um sound effect from psycho the dun 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 and I didn't like that they mm. used that because it distracted me. Because every time I heard it, I just went, that's from Psycho. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to be thinking about Carrie. It would have been cool if she had her own iconic sound to represent her powers. Right. As opposed to just taking something from somewhere else. Which, again, this movie has a big boner for Psycho because the high school they go to is says Bates. I don't know if it's Bates High School or if it's Bates something, but uh, Norman Bates is the main guy in Psycho. The Bates Motel is where Psycho takes place. And so, again, this movie obviously likes Psycho. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I get it. Calm yourself down. You might need a 70s slap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and then um, the, the last thing is just I think that it just... It's funny because the prom sequence is like what Carrie is known for. Mm -hmm. And I just think for me, that's when the movie starts to go off the rails to where things get really sped up. Not literally, but just like uh, it gets a little sloppy with its storytelling. Because before that, it was very slow and being like, hey, here's Carrie's life. Here's her character interactions. Mm -hmm. Here's stuff. And then when that happens, it seems like characters just teleport to random locations there's a car sequence that takes place where i was like how the hell did we get here and like why are they doing that um and so yeah it just it didn't end on a high note for me it ended kind of like oh i thought that this was gonna end like i thought this prom sequence was gonna be this super grand cool thing and it kind of was my least favorite part of the movie and when i say the prom sequence i mean when it goes hard and crazy not like the beforehand what did you say sorry just it was quick oh yeah 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 so anywho um that's all i've got at the moment um without getting into more spoiler town so you want to reveal ratings shoddy yeah okay i rated it an a oh straight a yeah what about you it ain't no friday 13th but it's close (laughs) baby (laughs) hey that's awesome i'm so glad you liked it yeah i gave it a c plus wow interesting yeah it's 
the again sissy spacek the um character moments the themes as you said it really makes Mm -hmm. me it conjures emotion and it inspires me Mm -hmm. but when i look at the whole product i go "Eh, a lot of this doesn't work yeah um and so again positive it's a c it's a passing grade and it's got a plus but um yeah definitely in my mind it's like it's kind of rough around the edges so yeah that checks out but i love that you love it and in fact to quote you you were like everyone should see this that's a pretty high compliment i'm like this movie's her stream you know that yeah (laughs) (laughs) fantastic well audience we are going to go into spoiler town it's hard to um you know imagine that most of y'all don't know about kind of the main thing associated with carrie but hey leah didn't and so it's possible yeah um but we are going to talk about the spoilers um so if you do not want to be spoiled get your telekinetic mind out of here or else it will be covered with the gore of this film's details Mm. we'll be right back on the night shift Audience, we're back and we're talking Carrie spoilers. Leah, what do you want to get into? What I want to get into is, should we start with religion or should we start with sex? You know I like dessert before vegetables. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, mind mapping this before. (laughs) So I just, I loved, I loved how sexual this movie was. At the beginning, I was like, what but then i think by the end i understood it obviously we've talked about the first scene but when the mom dies she has like this pent-up shame orgasm that lasts for like minutes it is crazy and i just like was obsessed with it one because i was like gotta get it somehow girl i get it (laughs) but then i also was just like this makes so much sense for her because her life is like like death is the ultimate pleasure for her mm-hmm. because the only way she was ever going to be rid of her situation or of her sin or, you know, all the different religious things, even that she was tied up in, it's like death is the ultimate victory because then mm-hmm. you get to go to the afterlife or whatever. Like, like I just feel like people like that perceive existence as just suffering, you know? And so um, I loved that because it was like her repression came through in that way. And it, like religion just twists pleasure so much i don't know it just was really interesting to me and it was yeah. excessive but also yes. i was like get it girl yes. <laughs> to, 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 to show you how like not extra we're being about this uh i'm going to send carly the clip and she's gonna play some of it so right now oh let's listen to some sexy death mom moans yes baby wasn't that something i don't know how long it went for but it went longer in the movie i'll tell you that yeah like good for her yeah so it was interesting uh piper laurie again the actress who did that um you know she read the script and she was like "Mm, boring it's just her going ooh, ouchie she was like nah so she went to (laughs) 
uh, the director, and she was like, what if instead of like not being into it, she was into <laughs> it? And the director went, yeah, yeah, go for it. And I, yeah, it's so fucking weird. Yeah. Like when it starts happening, I was like, again, this was a moment of us like looking at each other and being like, it's still, it's still going. Yeah. And then there's even a, there's a better moment with Sissy Spacek on the ground. And then she eventually like, she's cowering. And then there's a shot where she kind of like looks up. It's just kind of like, uh, yeah. why is my mom yeah. still doing oh it? Oh my God. Yeah. It lasts so long that first she's cowering in fear, but then she like adjusts to the fact of like, it's like she was like realized she was watching like a sex scene with her mom or something like that. You know, yeah. we're just like the like, oh, why am I here for yeah. this? No. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that like my mom's death isn't the worst thing about what's <laughs> yeah, happening right yes. now. It was funny, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's also like, yeah, really interesting. I loved mm-hmm. um, the the mom in the movie and i loved yeah. she was again she's a stephen king staple because stephen king is known for a lot of his like really over the top malevolent religious characters but i think like mm-hmm. he does them really well and they really get a reaction out of people um and i think it shows uh, a disdain for that type of person um in his writing uh, but again, they just—they're kind of like Nazis. They just make such great bad guys. Mm. Like when I watch a or when I play a video game or, or watch a movie, it's always just like I immediately can get on board with like hating the Nazis. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, you're, they're, you're yeah. bad. And it's the same way where it's like, oh, you got like a religious zealot asshole person who goes a bit too hard. It's like, oh yeah, I'm ready to like not like them. She <laughs> went so hard though. Oh yes. my god first scene ever you know she come home like comes home and carrie's like kind of like mom why didn't you tell me why didn't you tell me i thought i was dying and she like brings out her bible do you remember this and she immediately was like this is your sin like this like eve did this you get to understand your sin now and almost kind of like because you got your period you made our lives so much more sinful mm-hmm. like i was kind of interested in like the theology of it all like i was like yes. what like i was just like how does this work and it's just so interesting because i do think that people feel that way <laughs> you know it's like yeah when they become women they're like the source of all evil you know and so it just was so interesting um i would I love to sit down with this woman if she was like lo- like in chains because yeah. i wouldn't trust her not to like shiv me or something but right. if we were in like a hannibal lecter type situation where there's protective glass i would love to talk to this mom because yeah it was weird like she was implying that carrie's period was sin and i was like so Every time, a, like when, like when you like got periods, they were all bad. You were sinning. You think that? Because this is like yeah. that, that's crazy to me that someone would go so far down that hole. Ugh, I regret saying hole. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but I, I hate that. Like, um, yeah, I just find it like bananas. I'm like, this is a part of biology, and yeah. like even like conservative Christians for the most part, are like, yeah, that's normal. That's fine. That's not bad. That's just biology. Yeah, well, even if you view Eve's original sin, like, or her original punishment, I guess, as one, giving sin to the whole world. Sad. Um, But then then two, like, having pain during childbirth was technically the, you know, problem that she got. So it's like, yeah, it just was really interesting. Yeah. so to give context to the actual to the scene of her orgasmic death, <laughs> uh, which again is such a fun sentence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, again, a, a, a surprise for me was that like you know Carrie comes home from the prom massacre, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, tries to get comfort from her mom, uh, who is playing hide and seek in their house quite humorously. Scary. Very scary. 
Um, scary Carrie, um, and Carrie, you know, tries to be embraced by her. Mom's like, let's get down and pray. They embrace. And then mom's like prison rules and stabs Carrie (laughs) in the back, which I was like, oh my God, that's so sad. Well, which in between that two, well, one, I love how Carrie got like cleansed essentially. I love that she got to go home take a bath, get all the blood off of her, and yeah. like back to her angelic self. Yes. Um, because then, too, there is a total cleanse at the end of the movie when the house burns down. Yeah. That yeah. was, like, similar. Um, I love that. But then we find out, oh, the mom, like, had sex before she was married and ha- carries mm-hmm. this shame, and she's given this shame to her daughter by mm-hmm. how she's raised her, but also she, like, views her daughter as her shame, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just, like... Yeah, so interesting, like in that kind of twisted zealot way of, well, it's like, well, I have to, I have to get rid of her, you know? Yeah. It was almost like, I, <laughs> understandable is the wrong word, but it was sure. like, I um, appreciated the motive, I guess. Yeah. It felt like a fulfilling motive. It's not, me. it's not like something you can get behind, but in terms of like, un, like understanding a motive or psychology, mm-hmm. like it makes sense. Yeah. As opposed to if I just like right now like bit the microphone and said twinkle twinkle ooh ah uh, and then danced, it'd be like Terrible what was villain. the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she stabs Carrie. Carrie falls down the stairs, and then she's like, "I'm gonna finish the job." And then Carrie, uh, freaking, uh, sends all the knives and sharp silverware <laughs> into her mom, um, pinning her to the door mm-hmm. like. Uh, the Saint Sebastian uh, crucifix um, that is in their Carrie's little sad prayer. closet. <laughs> yeah, jail. which I'm like, I wonder if J.K. Tolkien took that as inspiration for Harry Potter because J.K. Tolkien. Sorry, J.K. Rowling. I <laughs> uh, wish it was J.K. Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, J.K. Rowling, um, because doesn't Harry get put in like a closet under the uh, staircase? It's that... like his whole deal. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. his whole personality. <laughs> yeah. Like he won't shut up about yeah, it. Yeah, he won't. God. <laughs> Just always stroking his wand in his closet. Mm. You should watch a Harry Potter musical. Okay, I will. I've seen the... Um, uh, the What's the... Uh, the um, the, with the puppets, Harry Potter puppet pals. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, yeah, um, which I feel like is a good. It's yeah. better, you say? Yeah, it's oh, like okay. a full production. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, I thought that was very interesting. The yeah, Carrie pinning her mom in that very similar position, mm-hmm. um, you know, eliciting that that imagery and that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, and then I guess so. Did Carrie's like grief cause the house to get destroyed? Like, were her telekinetic powers going crazy to where she brought the house down on them? Because I didn't really understand why the house was falling apart. I was like, is it just, like, a code violation and this beat, like, it was built poorly and then, like, there was termites right away? Didn't the house catch on fire? (laughs) Yes, it also caught on fire because there was a bajillion candles. Yeah, so many (laughs) candles. Um, Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because it was almost like Carrie, which I, I think a question in this movie is, like, how... Um, coherent is Carrie through all of this like you were saying when she was in her days at the prom like in my mind she was making all those choices actively but out of a place of stress but it wasn't like a 
I don't remember anything. No, what yeah, I just I, and I would agree with that. I okay. don't think that she was. I mean, I would I would call it a daze, but yeah, I don't think she didn't remember or yeah. that she was like, oh, that wasn't really me. Yeah, but it's like she killed her mom, and then she immediately. I honestly love this because I was like, oof, this is tough, but this is gore. I'm a gorehead now, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like when she tried to pull her mom, and her mom's arm was still pinned into the wall with uh, the knife, um, and it was like almost like Carrie was like knew what was going to happen. Like she had made peace with the situation. She wasn't trying to escape at all. She literally like took her mom off the wall and went to her little closet to die, (laughs) you know, together, you know, a full cleanse, a full cleanse of this evil, you know, of the shame or whatever. So I thought it was funny how the house like sunk into the ground. Yeah, it was like that. I was like, "Who made that choice?" Yeah, it feels like that was more work, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, just let it collapse like a normal house. Well, and there's but a grave was- later, uh, which it's not a grave in real life. It's just in a dream sequence. But on the grave, there's like graffiti that says like "Carrie White is in hell" or yeah. something like that. And I was like, based on the house collapsing, it feels like it kind of was no, taken. It made to me hell. wonder that too, because I was like, well, maybe this is a satanic ordeal. Maybe her dad was saying, maybe. Um, That's interesting. (laughs) But to go backwards to the mom, I thought that was, again, just like her monologue, which, again, I think uh, Mm -hmm. Brian De Palma was like, don't do a monologue. And the actor was like, bitch, I'm going to do a monologue. (laughs) And it was really good because it just was like so heartbreaking of her being like, yeah, like I feel bad. We had sex before marriage. And then one, one night your father, he was drunk and he came in and he took me. And he had me, and I, and I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> and it just was like, again, like you feel so sad because it's just like, again, we. I, I make a joke of this, uh, but it's also I, I feel about it in a serious way too, where I'm like, we uh, make our own hell. Where it's yeah. like, I, I the joke that I make to people for context is, I go, I don't believe in hell. We we we've already made it ourselves. We're living in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the idea that's like. Um, not discounting faith. This isn't me, you know, coming against, uh, you know, religion or faith, but it is the the power of our own minds, which I think Mm -hmm. ties into the telekinesis to where it's like, you could argue that it's a metaphor for um, how our beliefs can just radically influence our lives in very real ways. And so it's like the fact that, and this is something that is understandable to both of us, but the fact that, you know, this woman feels so passionately this way um, to where she has made this life for herself, a life without love, a life without pleasure, mm-hmm. a life without community. Um, and she feels so passionate, but it's like she could have had all those things yeah. and it would have been OK. Yeah. It wasn't wrong. You know, she could have had faith and those things. But not only did she deprive herself, but she deprived her daughter. And so like that, yeah, that final like, I liked it. But then she's trying to murder her daughter. Mm -hmm. She's like, wow. Again, like to go back to what we said earlier, it's like this could have gone differently. And you can't help but think about all the kids uh, who have this experience now and who, who have had it in the past where it's like, wow, like if they would have just been taught something differently or if they would have been given if they could have if they could have had ice cream watched a show or could have known what a period was before they got it yes simple things yeah basic needs true basic needs yeah 
It's sad. It is. And it's it's interesting in this movie. It's almost like the mom's delusion and Carrie's delusion kind of mirror each other in a little like I don't I don't know. It just kind of makes me think of that. What's Carrie's delusion? Mm. I think that Carrie's delusion is well, I guess the telekinetic powers are real. I think that her just kind of like windedness and like just like <gasps> you know, um just how meek she is and how just terrified she is and i think that that ties together with the telekinetic power but obviously that's real so it's not necessarily a delusion but gotcha um i think just like the i don't know even like just like murdering everybody and then going home and taking a bath you know which you um, said you could relate to <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just yeah i thought it was interesting their connection and how things get handed down and yeah you know um Let's go backwards then to the actual prom massacre. Yeah. So, um, again, the the famous sequence that, again, if you're unaware audience, is that Carrie, um, you know, is uh, the, the, the bullies rig the prom to where the, Carrie will win. And yeah. then the hopes in their plan of dumping pig blood all over her, which, again, this has been spoofed, parried a ton of times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Carrie gets doused in blood and that's kind of the moment that she snaps and she goes into a murderous rage. Yeah. Uh, the writer or director, I forget who, confirmed that not everything she sees in that dumb kaleidoscope is vision real. is real, yeah. um, specifically the teacher um, mm -hmm. not being someone who's laughing at her. Because when this happens, Carrie sees the whole crowd laughing. She hears a dialogue from earlier in the film of her mother saying they're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. And that just breaks her. But again, that's what's tragic is that she this teacher tried to help carrie try to be her friend but then carrie is just so upset mm -hmm. that she ends up killing the teacher um because mm -hmm. she uh again in her mind the teacher is laughing at her yeah. and all these innocents get killed people get electrocuted people get set on just fire like, boom, boom. the teacher the teacher got like cut in half by yeah. something that swung down like i think you know, it was like a basketball uh -huh. hoop or something like, yeah okay. yeah people um uh, I don't remember how else people died. Well, but. in a sad turn of events, the stupid smile guy, just the bucket fell on his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like that because that was part of, you know, it's like the pig blood dumped and then he like died. And then I feel like that was really like too much for Carrie. You know? Yes. Which so this this translates. This is I, I would like to give a little bit of props to the 2013 film because I feel like everyone pooped on it. Um. I don't think people hate it. I just think they think it's unnecessary, which I think is totally valid because it's kind of just a beat for beat remake really? where it just does the exact same thing. But in watching wow. the clips, there were a couple of nice moments where I went, ooh, I like that better. Um, and one of those, and I'll talk about the other main one here in a second, but one of those is that um, in the 2013 version, when Tommy gets hit with the bucket, um, Carrie goes to him and is like tommy tommy and is like trying to like mm. and then him being dead is one of the things that like sets her off yeah um where in this one like carrie's already upset already is like in murder rage mode and then tommy's like what the hell and then the bucket falls and hits him and then she just doesn't care it just keeps going mm -hmm. and i like that touch it made it a lot more tragic where it's like from someone actually getting to know her because, again, Tommy didn't want to do it originally. He didn't, like, his girlfriend asks him to go to the prom 
with Carrie to as a form of penance. He doesn't want to do it, but then through going and, and spending time with Carrie, he actually enjoys it and has fun. And I think, again, that's part of the tragedy is that it's like Carrie probably could have been liked by a lot of yeah. people. Like she was having the best night of her life. Yeah. And she did look so beautiful. Yeah. She was with the guy that liked her. Yeah. And she did get to have her first dance. Yeah. Ugh. And it's just like, yeah, the tragedy of like kids not showing kindness and in a way dooming their um, the people they bully to mm-hmm. an unhappy life because it's hard to walk away from that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm thankful that like I never experienced anything like super crazy. Sometimes I watch these mm-hmm. 80s or 70s movies or even any Stephen King thing. I'm like, oh, holy shit. That would like have scarred me. Mm-hmm. But I still think about like there's some moments of like things that people said to me or like did to me that I like still think about. And it's funny because it's like elementary or it's middle school or it's even high school. And again, it was like never as bad as anything I've ever heard from anyone else. And it's like it's still like left a little like, ow. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like I'm a 28 year old person. And the fact that I'm still flashing back the high school or stuff every now and then I'm like, wow, there's people who had it much worse than I did. And, and so how do they feel? Mm-hmm. How are they, how is that affecting their relationships now? How is that affecting their self-confidence? How is that affecting their self-worth? All this stuff. If just these little things cut at me every now and then, and it's, just, it's such a tragic, um, again, thing that like these people who could have had a shot get beat down at an early age, just out of like, you know, evolutionary cruelty of like mm-hmm. pack mentality. Like there always has to be that person. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can be loved and cool. So there has to be someone that's the joke or whatever mm-hmm. um, to lean into that. And I'll get back to the other scene I mentioned that I think works better in the 2013 St- And this is what really bums me out is that Stephen King said that um, Carrie was kind of a combination of two girls that he knew in real life Um and both of who didn't live past 30 because one took her own life and the other just died from a medical complication. But one would have like these um, epileptic seizures. And because Mm -hmm. of that was made fun of, Uh, which again, I'm like, you're making fun of someone for having a seizure. God damn y'all. And then another girl, I think it was a different one. Cause again, there were two, but if I'm mixing them up, I apologize. But, um, Another girl, she just like her family was really poor. And so she would wear the same clothes to school every single day. And there was a moment where after Christmas break, she came in and she had new new clothes and he could he could tell that she was happy. She was excited because she was like, I have new clothes. And he hypothesized that she's like, this is the day that things will change because that's what people make fun of me for. And now I have new clothes. And then it just made people come at her even harder. He describes her face of the moment of realizing, Oh, this isn't the response I wanted. Oh my God. No, it's worse. And it just like really fucking sucks. (laughs) Um, and he just kind of like, you know, again, he's like, I'm not going to say the real names of these girls. Cause like they deserve to like, you know, in, uh, in death have peace but he's like but i really wish that they could still be here to have maybe read carrie and or that their daughters could have read it and that line in his forward really made me just like sad because again there's so many kids that have taken their own lives or adults who have taken Mm -hmm. their own lives and again it's just because of shit like this um and so again in an exercise of empathy i think this 
this um this book and this film works really well at like painting a picture of like hey here because we're through the lens of the person who's receiving it here's like what this stuff does to someone yeah. and then also as a um a cautionary tale of being like it's not warranted like what Carrie does because like bullying, <laughs> Leah just made a face well, no, so I, she disagreed. I, yeah, like I think that's why the end's so satisfying to me because they are truly so terrible to her. Like they destroy her for not knowing what her period is and being freaked out by it. I'm like, y'all got titties. Y'all have periods, I'm sure. <laughs> like, you know, like this is like an opportunity where you could support her. They roast her like so many different times. They pour pig blood on her on the yes. worst night of her life. Like, like, yeah, I'm inclined to say it is like a punishment that like deserves the crime. like a, you it, know, but it, it's not obviously. Yes. Um movie-wise, yes. Movie-wise, yes. I'll cheer for movie death all the time. Yeah. But I'm more thinking like, yeah, I'm comparing it to real life in the sense that like, yeah, someone like yeah. blowing you doesn't mean that like it, you you deserve to kill them. No. But all to say it's like when that stuff happens yeah again we don't support it but it's like this is the result of that yeah. and so again you should be kind to people because that's the right thing to do but then also at the end of the day like kind or sorry um evil you know vileness meanness cruelty it just breeds that back mm -hmm. you know you get what you put in and um again like i this is what i love about horror is that you can take something as goofy as telekinesis and um, you can use it to tell a story that's very human and, again, brings up these types of conversations. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think like, I just honestly, I felt so sad <laughs> at the end of the story, which. Uh, just to show of how much a sap I am, I just at the end I was like, I feel like writing a poem to Carrie. Oh, like I just wanted. To, I just I think I will because I wrote a I wrote a poem that's kind of like a um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, an homage to The Shining. Mm. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to have horror themed persona poems. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, it just was kind of like uh, um, I just like I, again, Carrie's not real, but I think again she represents so many girls that are real, yeah. and just wanting to like let those people know that they matter and are yeah. loved and stuff. But yeah, it just it cracked me up. I was like, I want to write a poem to a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's just fan fiction, and we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you should absolutely write it and then post it. Okay, I will. Um, is there anything that you wanted to touch on spoiler wise before I, cause I've been talking for a bit uh, before I get to the, um, the 2013 other comparison thing. I don't think so. Cause we all know the true horror is a Mike hog <laughs> <laughs> and hogs are on brand cause of pigs and woo pig. Woo pig suey. Yes. We live in Arkansas and that's a big deal here. Yep. But I don't care. Me neither. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, the other thing again, just to give props, cause I love Chloe Grace Moretz. I, I think really? she's great. Yes, I do. Do you not like her? Weird vibes. Okay. Um, I, it's totally unsubstantiated. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about it off mic. Yeah. Uh, so we don't put out any false, uh, you know, yeah. advertising, but if it's warranted, feel free to bring it back up in a later episode. It's unwarranted. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, if, if again, I'm saying like in the future, if she like cuts you in Starbucks or something like you can right. bring that shit up oh, and we'll I roast will. her. But, I um, I, again, the scene that really doesn't work for me at all in the, um, uh, the seventies version is that, 
um, after leaving the uh, prom, all of a sudden, uh, the mean girl and John Travolta are in their car just driving at like, Carrie. Let's murder this bitch. Yeah, they which said, to me... Well, they just watched everyone they know and love die because of them. Yes. Because they were outside looking in at this horror. Yes. Yeah, it just was random. It felt Yeah, and it didn't feel like... It didn't make sense to me that, that this character, as awful as she was, would go from, like, I'm bullying Carrie to, like, let's run her down like, with our car. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, it hap- like they try to run Carrie over. She stops, and again, it looks stupid. The dumb psycho sound effect comes up, um, and then Carrie just blows the car up, which I was like, I understand that you have telekinesis, but, like, you can't just, like make things blow up like you're physically moving things so if like the science is that she's like taking off the gas cap and then like making a spark like hit it fine but you can't she can't just blow stuff up unless that is her power in that case we'll deal with it but um in the 2013 version it was a lot more satisfying to Mm. where carrie walks outside and they're trying to escape and she's mm. like, uh-uh. And so they start driving away, and she uses her ability. She makes a crack in the road, and so they stop almost getting sucked. In. They turn around, and they see her, and they're like, oh, my God, it's her. And this bully is even worse. Like, both of them are ev- they're like really vile, awful vibes. So then she's like, run her over, run her over. And he's like, I got this. And so they charge at her, and she just stops the car as if it's like a brick wall. And in slow motion, you see the um the boyfriend's face hit the steering wheel he dies just on the spot so then the girl um the bully she sees that and then carrie's just staring at her like oh yeah it's on so then she uh carrie uses the seatbelt to start strangling her but then she unbuckles she gets away and then she's trying to uh get to the um uh to the driver's side so she can try to run Carrie over again. Carrie, then it's a battle of wills of the car moving and Carrie trying to lift it. So then Carrie is able to lift it. And again, they're just mean eye uh-huh. thugging each other, Gosh. but then Carrie lets go and moves to the side and the girl goes running into a gas station. And again, her face goes through the windshield in slow motion. Oh my God. And it's awful. And then Carrie walks up to her and she's just staring at Carrie, her face half through the windshield glass oh all in god. it. She's like, Oh my god. No. And it just was a lot more satisfying yeah. in terms of like this is like the yeah. mega evil villain. And then like you actually get a showdown in a way. Yeah. But then if she wasn't dead enough, then Carrie walks away and like drops like a power light on it and blows the oh whole thing god. off. And I was like, it was not necessary, but yeah. it was cool. So just to give props to that movie, I thought that that sequence was kind of cool. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays the villain? Who plays Chris in uh, the movie? Do you know? Um, I recognized her, but I don't know her name. I'm intrigued. Um, yeah. Take a peek, sees. Yeah. Um, the 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 guy who plays Tommy, he's um uh what's his face? Taylor Edgerton, I think is his name. He was in yeah. um uh what's the new Steven Spielberg remake? He game of the, he's a Game of Thrones guy, right? No. Um he is uh and actually I don't think Taylor Edgerton is right either. I'm thinking of Baby Driver. What's his name? Oh, freaking Anzel Elgort. Yes. God. Yeah, that I think this you was call his me a freak. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shut up, Ansel. I think that this was his first movie, maybe. But mm. the bucket death is not any better. Uh, yeah. Which, again, it's better in the sense that Carrie's actually like, no, Boo Bear, no. But it's also like, LOL, you got killed by a bucket. Um, which, if I die by bucket, please don't let that be known to the world. Because then they'll be like, he deserved it because he made fun of other bucket death. And mm. no one wants that. Okay. And then my memoir will be called Bucket List. Kick the bucket. Or that's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leah, anything else you want to discuss about this movie? I'm just thankful that we got to watch it together and it was fun. It was fun to watch. Amen. We, I learned a lot again, like had no idea Carrie was a musical, had no idea that I, no idea that I hated Riverdale had no idea. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We've learned so much. And if there's a sugar daddy out there who wants to pay for me and Kyle to go see Carrie, the musical, we accept. Yes. Um, (laughs) It doesn't matter what strings are attached. We'll We'll do it. uh, Um, I won't lick (laughs) (laughs) anything we'll work out the details just call us (laughs) (laughs) yes um well cool um yeah for everyone that's still here for everyone who continues to listen to the night shift thank you guys so much have you seen um carrie um if so i would love to know your thoughts so please slide into leah's and my dms uh let us know if you agree disagree um what do you think of the discussion are there things we're missing i mean i know we are because there's only so much we can do in you know two hours um but yeah and look look forward to more horror reviews coming up uh there's a fun collaboration in place between leah's podcast and my podcast so look out for that in the future maybe it's happening in the spooky season (gasps) potentially Ah! maybe carly is involved Um, and uh you know that'll be the end of kyle the kyle orgasmic sound but again uh now you understand why why it had to happen on this episode but Mm -hmm. leah thanks again as always for coming over and watching movies with me thanks for coming to the bedroom thanks for Mm -hmm. uh oh also we forgot to address this i've been wearing a beanie this whole time what do you think I honestly have been thinking that you look very cool. Thank you. Especially since you pulled it down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. When I first got here, it was like a little like headband. So you don't like it up. You like it more down? No, I like it both ways. And I think it's okay. fun because we watch Riverdale and Jughead always wears a beanie. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Kyle's really in <laughs> I'm his the Jughead area. of the group. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you had to say really quick, uh, who would you say Jughead. you are most like? You're most <laughs> oh, like no, Jughead. you're most like Jughead. No, yeah, yeah. But you oh, was going to ask, who do you think you're most like on Riverdale? <laughs> I don't know. Probably freaking Betty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not I'm, happy I'm not it. a Ronnie. Yeah. Maybe I'm an Archie. Yeah. Um, but Especially God, they Archie all dances. suck. Yeah. No. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hard to say. Okay. But. Cool. Well, we will figure that out in the future, but until yeah. next time, friend, thanks again so much. You're the best and audience. You are the best as well. And we'll see you next time on the night shift. Bye.